Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We're both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode 105. Today, we'll be discussing our favorite manipulatives for the music classroom. We'll also share some highs and lows from our teaching week, discuss some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment, offer a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things we are enjoying in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. And it is time for our highs and lows, but real quick before that, we wanted to give you a little reminder if you are listening to this, before January 28th, and you happen to be in the Colorado area, and you happen to be going to CMEA, the Colorado Music Educators Association Conference in Colorado Springs, Um, Carrie and I will be presenting a session at 8 a.m. on Friday morning, that's January 28th, Breaking the Kodai Norm, Engaging Upper Elementary Students. Also, we will be presenting at OAKE, that's the Organization of American Kodai Educators National Conference on March. Oh, gosh, I think we know which day. March. Well, I, don't, I don't think we know for sure which day. Not yeah. enough that we can say publicized yet. All right. Sometime, well. sometime during the conference we're presenting. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. So sometime uh, March 3rd, 4th or 5th. That's when the conference is. Yes, that is when the the schedule just hasn't been publicized yet. That's all I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Okay. Okay. But Laura, our topic is work smarter, not harder, (laughs) bridging musical concepts through song literature. Yes, exactly. A whole big work smarter, not harder. Yeah. 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 Oh, and it's also worth mentioning that Oak um, has extended the early bird deadline. So if you were on the fence and not sure if you were going to be able to attend, um, you have some some more time to take advantage of that early bird fee. So definitely. When you want to do that. Yes. Yeah. Look into that. It's a significant discount. Um, It's a fantastic conference. If you can swing it to travel at that time of year, Um, we'll be there. It's fun. Yes. Please stop by, say hi. Yeah. All right. So our highs or lows from the teaching week, Carrie, how's it going? Do you have a high or a low? I mean, there's always all highs and lows, right? Sure. Um, Yeah. So this past week I was at my traveling school and, you know, it's always, it's, it's fine when I go there. The kids are generally sweet and, um, you know, I'm not as connected and rooted to that school as I am my home school because I'm just not this there as often. Um, so when I go, I just feel like I'm just kind of doing my thing and that's lovely. Um, what I'm worried about and I was sharing with Tanya about this off mic um, is my home school. We are having a very large um, educator absent rate and our district is monitoring schools. Our district is saying we're not going to close as a whole district, which I get because we are a huge district and other schools are not being as affected as, as some. Um, my school right now is being affected a lot, my home school. So I'm in this mode of like, are we going to go online? Are we going to close for a short amount of time? The truth is we don't know, but we are, we're on the cusp and You know, it's just, it's that feeling of like, oh my gosh, this is almost two years of this and I'm, we're right back where we started. And 
that's sad and that's frustrating. And I know a lot of other people are there. Um, maybe your district is already online or maybe you're in the same situation I am where you feel like it could happen any minute. It's just not a great feeling. So I just wanted to commiserate with anyone else who's feeling that way right now. Yeah. 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 No good. <laughs> so that's a big low for me right now. How about you, Tanya? Well, I don't want to be a downer, but I was going to go low as well. It's the um, time of year. Yes. So I'm just having trouble on the planning front. Oh, you know, what, what do they say? Um, yeah, something about making plans and God laughs or something like that, right? I have no uh, idea which phrase you're speaking of. <laughs> well, you, somebody out there understands what I'm saying. Anyway, okay. so best laid plans. Um, coming back from winter break, was uh, kind of a funky week because I wasn't back at my day one of the next rotation. So I was trying to be very clever about how I dealt with that. And, you know, it looks great on paper. And then life happened is what I'm trying to say. So yeah. this past week, we had a late start on one day. Um, and there's been some other, th we, there was a spelling bee today. So my schedule got all turned around. Uh, so Anyway, I, I'm just having trouble keeping my plans intact. And it's to the point that I'm wondering if it's if it's worth it for this one rotation that maybe I got to let some things go. Yep. So I'm just very frustrated because I worked hard to make it all um, come out so that this unit that I'm calling each rotation a unit would all be that everyone received you know, the same instruction and, and we're doing the same concepts and that like everybody's on the same playing field and it's just gotten to be so difficult right yeah. now in January. Um, and then, yeah, with late start things and different schedules and then, um, you know, just random stuff happening. I'm not on track. And it, I, I, I mean, it's happened before, but it's just frustrating because I put a lot of time into planning how this wasn't going to happen, but it still is. So, you know, I feel, yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, well, I'll link to it in the show notes if I can find it, but I remember an episode that Aileen and Katie did from the Music Room podcast about this. And I remember them talking about Frankensteining lessons and I just giggle so much at that, but I do it all the time. We're like, oh, okay, yeah. you take half of this lesson and half of this lesson and you smush it together to make one lesson for this class because this week I'm only going to see this class three times and I saw the other class four times, you know, and having to, I'm, I'm doing a lot of that right now too. And a a lot yes. of that is because of COVID numbers and having to combine classes and teachers were out and half of our school missing on certain days. Anyways, yeah, I, I feel yeah, I'm, I'm there too. Yeah. So all the Frankensteining that I've been trying is just like, you know, not, not coming out in the wash. It's extreme Frankensteining. It is, but oh, well, I think I just have to let some things go. There totally. you go. I get it. So now it's time for our main theme. And today we are talking about our favorite manipulatives, how we use them, and maybe a little bit about how we organize them too, because organization is always a hot topic. 
Um, and we also just want to mention that we, we've talked about manipulatives many times in many different episodes. Um, Kodai inspired teachers, we love our manipulatives. Um, and specifically in episode 100, which we called our 100 favorite things, we, we did mention some of our favorite manipulatives there. So there will be some crossover for sure. Um, but we're hoping today we're, we're going to talk a little more in detail about how we use them. And obviously we'll put lots of um, goodies in the show notes as far as ideas of how to use these things and pictures and things like that. Um, and also, I just wanted to mention that, you know, this topic really came inspired from um, conversations Tanya and I have had on and off mic about this idea of, especially after the heavy use of technology last year, um, getting back to basics as far as giving kids physical things in their hands, physical things they can use and manipulate and um, play with in a sense, because as much as we love the tech and the tech is useful and we don't want to completely get rid of it, we were happy to get some of this stuff back out again. Right. Totally. Yes. And it's a novelty now, right now. Oh yeah. Uh, because whereas once upon a time and, and still, so uh, moving things across the screen, on an iPad into a box, you know, that was exciting and new. Right about now, a lot of students are like, oh my goodness, I've done this. Yeah. They've moved their the rhythms into the boxes. They've moved the note heads all over the place on the screen. And then you give it to them via a, you know, pipe cleaners or mini erasers. And they're like, ooh. So, That's you know, it. it's the novelty of it is definitely um, does spark some some learning in and of itself right totally totally yeah and well, we, we want to be able to do things in lots of different ways. Yeah, yeah. And this really meets the needs of not only visual learners when you're using things in that visual way, but also, you know, kinesthetic when you get to actually move things and, and manipulate, I keep using that word, duh, manipulate things to create things that also meets the needs of, of that, that kinesthetic sense that we know oh, yes. that kids need to use. Um, and one other thing before we get into our list, um, and I'll stop talking, is, you know, we, we're also trying to be mindful of things that are that are pretty inexpensive to find or make or create. Um, there might be some things out there on TPT that you can use as inspiration, and we might have some ideas for that along the way. But really, I mean, as far as my stuff goes, I know a lot of your stuff, Tanya, this is like homemade stuff, right? This is yep. like yep. rummage around, use recycled materials, and um, this is not stuff that you have to break the bank on, so to speak. No, but you could. You yeah. could, especially with some of them, and we'll, we'll get into that later. But yes, so we're just going to um, ping pong back and forth, and I think we've each got five to talk about, and uh, Tanya's going to lead us away, so go for it. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about beat strips. I know I've talked about them before, and beat strips are simply a um, piece of card stock. It's um, wider than your, oh, gosh, what size would a beat strip be? I'm not sure. Um, it actually could be any size, but I like to have mine lar larger than like a standard piece of paper. Um, I think like mine are 14 inches because yeah, it's like an 11 right. by 14 page cut in half the long way is ends up being the size of mine. Yes, that, that works very well. I, yeah. I got mine from some cardstock from the art room that was like huge so I had to you know I cut them down myself right um, so yeah so on one side I've got four red beads on the other side and when I say beads I mean hearts mm -hmm. right that I used the die cut machine 
at school. And on the other side, I've got three blue beets. So this way we can say, okay, we're going to be on the red side or the blue side. So of course we're talking, we're going to be in three, four, in four, four with the red beets or in three, four with the blue beets. And I use these all the time. I use them for basic beat tracking with students, like with the young ones, let's say we're doing a song or a chant that I don't have a page that has um, all the Queen Caroline heads to keep the beat. Um, it's good for them to pat that beat strip from left to right and then start all over again, you know. Uh, and it's also a good for me to look around the room when we are keeping a beat to a chant or a song and I can really see them touching those beats because the younger the kid, the bigger the thing needs to be because they can't, the, their fine motor skills are not really there yeah. for them to manipulate. You know, even tapping on 16 beats on one piece of paper is a challenge for them, right? right. So I love these big beat strips for Beat tracking, also improvisation for all grade levels. It comes in really handy because I can pass out beat strips and say something like, we're reviewing T-Ticka and we're gonna go around the circle. Everybody has to create a rhythm. You have to have one T-Ticka in there. Sometimes I've gone as far as to give out, I have little cards that, that have a T-Ticka on it and they just put it on top of their beat of which beat they want it to be in. Yeah, and yeah. then we can talk about, all right, where's your tea ticket? Beat one, two, three, or four. Sometimes uh, us Kodai people get a bad rap with our rhythm counting because it's not, I mean, any rhythm counting system is will work as long as you're consistent. Um, I'm not a fan personally of the one and a two-y right. because I think it's confusing. I don't think it's developmentally appropriate for elementaries students right um and then i've heard well i want kids to know what beat there are uh, they're on my students know what beat they're on we we're checking all the time okay what beat is your t-tick on right. right that kind of thing uh so it's good for improvisation it's also in a pinch good for rhythmic dictation with popsicle sticks i've had kids put the popsicle sticks just right on top of those beat strips Yep. Yeah. And uh, have you ever, do you, I mean, I'm assuming they're laminated. Have you ever had kids use dry erase markers on them? I haven't. I know I could. I, you know, I've used dry erase markers on laminate before and most of the time it's fine, but it kind of leaves, leaves the residue. Yeah. So I just haven't messed with it because these took me a while to make. It was a long time ago and they've lasted me quite a while, but I, I haven't used them. Have you? I have, and I, I used it more this year um, because my hard dry erase boards at my homeschool are getting really, really bad. So I was like, well, this year I'll just try to have them do dictation, you know, right on it. And anyways, exactly what you're saying. The residue is really bad. So I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go nuts on it. I might bring them home over spring break and have a fun dry erase spray scrubbing party. Um, oh. I'm also thinking it just might be time for a new set and that's okay because I don't have them two-sided like you do. Mine are just four beats on one side. I didn't think duh, to have three beat meter on the other side. And I love that idea. So it just might be time for a fresh set anyways, but yeah, yeah. yeah I don't necessarily recommend the dry erase marker on the laminate. It's, it's just not working well. Bring, take out your popsicle sticks. Yeah, totally. 
Oh, yeah. you're stealing my next one. No, I was giving you a little transition. <laughs> there's your well, transition. There's the segue. I love it. Yes. Yeah. So mine is um, tried and true popsicle sticks. And, um, you know, primarily for, for rhythmic dictation and composition, I know people have experimented with using various sizes, mixing up the sizes. I will say for my set of popsicle sticks, um, I just have... Um, you know, the standard size popsicle sticks, whatever those are, just if you can imagine just the standard size um, in a in a plastic sandwich baggie. And I generally, you know, have like 16 or so in there. Um, Do you have the half size too? No, I don't. So this is what I'm saying. Uh -huh. Like I, I try to keep it simple and they're all the full size because I'm using them um, for writing ta, for writing tt, and they fit on my beat strips. You can put a tt on one beat and with the full size sticks. So the okay. reason why I like that is because, you know, I, I, I will give an idea later for long and short short for, for, for primary, for kinder and, and early first grade. But when it comes to writing ta and tt, I don't want the stems to be a different size. I like that the stems are all the same size because that's what notation looks like, right? So yes, it's stick notation with no note heads. Well, the short but... ones are not for the stems for the, they're for, uh, the, the, I'm talking about that, the half size popsicle sticks, right? Right. But what do you use those for specifically? Well, I use them for beams on TT so that the TTs aren't huge. But that's what I'm saying. I don't mind. Oh, you you just mean just the beam. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. See, it doesn't bother me. So yeah, <laughs> they fit on mine. And again, this is my way of just keeping it simple because then I don't have to worry about telling them use a shorter one here. They just they just know to ta is one stick. When you make TT, it's three because you need the beam. When you make ticka ticka, it's six because you have the two beams and the four legs, as we call them, the four sounds. Yes. Um, and then the other, uh, and then a rest, we just use three to make like a Z shape because we do that with, with the primary kids. So yeah, I'm using this primarily with first grade. And then it's fun because then in third grade, when we learn Ticka Ticka, we get them back out again and they're like, oh, I remember these. And they're all jazzed to use them again, which is really fun. Um, and then I have used them in second grade as well for um, when we learn about what a tie is in its own concept, but also in preparation of half note, I um, cut out these little red pieces of string and I give each student one string to make a tie so we can have tied rhythms as well. And it's really helpful for them to see that I take a ta and I take a ta and they're on two different beats on the beat strip. And then we've got the tie tying them together. Um, that's yes. always a really great activity to get them to to imagine that. So yes, we use it for rhythmic dictation. And then generally, anytime I get out the popsicle sticks and we're using them for dictation, I'm also going to give them just a mini composition moment where they just create one quick four beat rhythm and either just share it with a partner or share it whole group if we have time. I always find that if I'm going to take the time to get something out like this, I'm going to have a little bit more bang for my buck, you know, and then it might break the rule, the general rule of, you know, however many minutes your lesson segment 
percent equals the age of the child. That's something I really try to follow most of the time. I will say the biggest time I break that rule is when I get out manipulatives like this. So like yes, in first manipulatives grade, and instruments. That's yeah, my rule. Exactly. If it's manipulatives or instruments is going to be a little bit longer. Yeah. In first grade, we might be using these things for 10, 11 minutes, you know, which is longer than the standard six minutes we might do. So yeah. And then my organization tip for these is just to keep them in a sandwich size baggie. Um, and you know, get good quality baggies for this, not the like cheap fold over baggies, but like the good kind of heavier duty sandwich size baggies. And then I teach the kids that you don't zip the top because if you zip the top, then you're going to create that bubble and then they're hard to store. So I tell them don't zip the top, but then I teach them how to roll them up like a burrito and then they fit nicely into a little bin that way all kind of smushed together and, and little popsicle stick tubes, like little burritos, so to speak. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. that works well for me. It's cheap and it, it, yeah, just keeping it simple. Yes. And you get so many sticks in one box when you, when you go to oh yeah Michael's, you get just so many of those sticks. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Totally. All right, Tanya, what's your next one? Okay. Well, we're sticking with rhythm here. So I was going to mention my big foam hearts that I use a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and really I use these in first grade, mostly uh, a little bit at the beginning of second grade because I've got some not small foam, but um, large foam hearts. And around Valentine's Day is a good time to find these things. Yeah. And on one side, I have ta. I have drawn ta with a Sharpie on, on the other side is TT. And then I have a whole um, separate set. I tried to keep them all the same color of rests. Nice. And uh, so this is like some very quick, uh, a quick way to go about some rhythmic dictation when I don't, when, when I want to make sure that they're really focusing on decoding the rhythm and not necessarily like building, I mean, building with popsicle sticks doesn't take long. Right. But with these, if I give every kid four of these large hearts and we're just doing ta and TT rhythmic dictation, it's great because all they have to do is turn it over if it's TT and right. they need ta, right? Yeah. And so it's really good to get in a lot of rhythmic dictation and some um, creation too. So they, I have them combined together in groups of two and they do an eight beat pattern and then I'll have them get together in a group of four and they have to decode a song or a chant that we've been working on. And that's really neat to see because they lay it out on the floor and it's very large and they can all read it together. So, you know, those have yeah. been very, very good to use and they were easy, easy to make. Um, if you do take Sharpies to foam, just um, kind of let it dry before you stack them together because yeah. you'll get like little shadow markings of Taws and TTs on each other foam, you know, whatever. You could color code also, um, but uh, I tried that, like I said, with rest and I didn't have quite enough. So it's all over the place. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's colorful. But I like that you're mentioning this idea of like doing easy rhythmic dictation versus like I think of it, you know, in this if we're getting very Kodai ish about this, you know, in the practice stage, you kind of have your your early practice and then your later practice. Right. And I yeah. do think about this, especially with my primary kids, that in the early stages of practice, when it comes to reading and writing, they're using more manipulatives where I have written the Taz and TTs and they're just choosing, like you said. Right. And then popsicle sticks for me is kind of the next step. 
And then the next step might be dry erase boards because it's big. Mm -hmm. And then the last step is pencil to paper, which is important. Don't forget that step. But I think um, for me, that's something that I learned the hard way is sometimes I would go to worksheets too soon. And that's small for some of our kids, right? Right. For rhythmic work and melodic work. So anyways, I like this idea of like going from the big chunky manipulatives into the smaller manipulatives as they're getting better with their practice. And along those same lines, I just want to give a a shout out to stick notation in general, because- (laughs) A lot of times we hear why you stick notation, why not show them how to draw the note heads because developmentally it's clunky. They don't do it correctly. Do you want to spend, and yeah, you can definitely spend the time teaching them which side the note head goes on. But when you're only working with rhythm and you're not putting things on a staff, you don't need those note heads, except of course for a whole note and a half note, which we're not really getting to yet. And so to write rhythms and to teach kids to write rhythms with note heads at this juncture doesn't make any sense. And it gets in the way of their learning, I think, because I want them to be able to decode, write it down. What are we really looking at? We're really looking at the stems and the beams. That's what gives us the rhythm, right? Right. So I love stick notation. I'm going to keep on using it. I'm not a fan of using note heads before their time. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. Well, my next one, I'll I'll do another rhythmic one as well. Honestly, it's very much along the same uh, lines, but that's the beauty of the manipulatives. It's the same idea, but just a different way. And to the kids, it feels totally different. So I really like um, this idea of rhythm dice, I guess would be the best way to describe them. Um, They're like the one-inch wooden cubes, and you can get them in large quantities from teacher supply stores or even on Amazon. I was lucky enough to get a whole slew of them. Um, We had like an old math manipulative closet that they were cleaning out at my school and that was in the giveaway pile and I was like uh yes please so hundreds of these um rhythm wooden dice um so it might be something that you build up slowly you might not get so many all at once but I have multiple sets so I have a set that's just ta titi rest so you know six sides on a dice you get two on each you know, dice. And then those are just written in stick notation. And then I have another set for, for third grade that includes Tikka Tikka. And I believe I do have the note heads on those because I kind of, by the time we get to third grade, I'm using interchangeable note heads versus not note heads, but I wrote them. So it's not a big deal. And then I have another set for my fourth graders. That's when I introduced the idea of two split T's rather than beamed TT's. So mm-hmm. I have a set Ooh, for them awesome. that has the split T's. So again, they're seeing that those two sounds are one beat because they're on one little dice. So anyways, I mean, the possibilities are endless with these. Again, rhythmic dictation, decoding familiar songs or writing out just random patterns. Um, composition, it's great. Both intentional and non-intentional the kids like to use them as dice so they get to roll the dice and kind of create a chance composition which is fun Uh, but my favorite use for these is in stations Um, so I often have a station um, when I'm doing rhythmic stations where um, the kids they get to be the teacher which they love so I'll put out the rhythm blocks and the heartbeat charts and then one student gets to be the teacher and I have a set of flashcards and the student will pick a flashcard and without showing it to their rest of their group 
group, they speak the rhythm and then the other kids have to write it. And so they get that practice of speaking the rhythm, writing the rhythm, and then they rotate. So each kid gets a turn to be the teacher. Um, so I just love the rhythm blocks for that. You could obviously use popsicle sticks for that too, but um, the rhythm blocks are just quick and they're easy to clean up. So they're really mm -hmm. great for stations in that way. Yes. They're kind of like the, um, the, my, my ton tt foam hearts but just with six sides exactly. i mean sorry um yeah that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that right yes that's yeah. right yeah and that's so cool that a you... lot of space each no, set i great. just keep organized in one of those like plastic you know shoebox containers that you can sometimes get like for a dollar in target or the dollar store or whatever and they uh they pack away nicely that way I'm inspired by your split tees. That would be a fun set to have. I don't have quite that many um, wooden blocks, but uh, that would be awesome to have split tees. I don't think I have enough in that set for every kid to have four um, of their own. I think with that set, I probably have half of a class set, um, but they can work with the partners. And then obviously in stations, you only need a few class sets, which is which is great for stations too. That's a, just another great use for manipulatives in general. If you don't have a class set, it's okay to do things in stations. But we always say this when we've talked about stations before is make sure the kids have had some experience doing it whole group or partner, but with you before you set them loose to do it at a station. So they're not just going, oh, what do I do? And just yeah. start throwing things in the air, you know, as they do. Yes, Maybe absolutely. yours don't, mine do. <laughs> <laughs> all right tanya what's your next one okay so about? now we i do get to go melodic a little bit okay um staff boards with mini erasers right oh yes and this is definitely something that i have made myself although you can find pre-made things you can buy them from west music you can buy five line staff boards that are pretty pricey i believe and then we were lucky enough at Target, what was it, a year ago at this time? It was this was last it, fall, summer? but you got a class set. I did not get a class set of these. I, I, I scoured some Targets. Yeah, so there were five line staffs. The um, dry erase board, double-sided on both sides. It was a five line staff. And above it, there was a big rectangle, either in red or in teal. And oh my goodness, those are awesome they're the perfect size you don't have to write the lines on but anyway but of course i have written lines on other ones especially if you're going to do something besides a five line staff because i do start with a one line staff so i do have a class set and this is just regular paper size you know your legal paper size cardstock one line across it use a ruler and i laminate that on one side on the other side um and I haven't done this because I don't know why I didn't think about it. Um, you can have your two line staff or three line staff, right? Yeah. If you're going to go and scaffold them through your, your staffs. Right. So along with those, you're going to have some mini erasers. Oh. So yeah, Target. Target's not paying me, but yeah, Target has mini erasers in the dollar bin and what do they call it the dollar spot dollar spot and um they're seasonal and you can do every season every holiday um i have a lot a lot a lot of mini erasers i also have some transparent actual uh circles that look like notes right i mean like they're not oval bingo but they're bingo circles chips, yeah, like bingo thing. chips right um and they're and the thing about those that are really awesome is that you can see through them. Yeah. So when kids are putting things on the line 
instead of in the space, you, they can see, oh, look, that line goes right through the note head, right? So my second graders just recently, we've been using those note heads um, just because we're really making sure that we are on the line and let's see it right through that note head. Yeah. Yeah. Can I share a twist? I know it, I'm cheating because it's not one of mine, but one of my favorite twists on this, if you're allowed to, is to um, like Valentine's Day to get like conversation hearts and use those oh, yes. as your note heads. Halloween, yes. candy corn, Easter time, springtime, you could do jelly beans. It's just, it's a fun little twist. If you're hey, allowed we're to- we're a healthy kids, school. We're not supposed to be giving out candy all the time. I know. See, Shh, don't tell anybody, but- <laughs> <laughs> If you're allowed to do so. Oh, and you know what? M&M's for oh. Mozart's birthday. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I yes. like that. Yeah, it's just, yeah. If you're allowed, you know, not everyone's If allowed. you're allowed. I, I could see me drawing up a whole new set of staff boards just to fit M&M's or candy corn I know. or whatever. But yeah. see, that's the point though. I mean, and that's, this is something you mentioned briefly earlier, but I just want to emphasize it again. It's like, you don't have to make a set for every season or every song specifically. You can get, you know, mini erasers that are stars and you can use it for Starlight, Star Bright, but then you can also use it for BB Bumblebee. Like who cares? You know, like, yes, it's Bubbles. cute to have the bee erasers for bb bumblebee and the snail erasers for snail snail and i do because i've gone crazy and i've stocked up but in the beginning look for a shape or just something that you can use for everything and that's okay too yes and when target fails you um oriental trading oh my you can really i mean you're going to spend a little bit of money but you can get like 500 mini erasers stars yeah. I, I i bought a set of mini stars from oriental trading and i'm and they're still going strong yeah and i've given them away as prizes and all kinds of things and uh yeah Good and i know I've, I've shared my organization for my mini erasers but i'm very proud of my mini eraser organization that i love those little portion cups which are like yes. the little like salad dressing you know size cups that you can get with the little lids um i get them from my local grocery store you can also get them at target sometimes costco has them in large quantities but not always and then um each kid might get like seven or eight inside of a little cup and then each cup then set of cups goes inside one of those dollar shoebox things. So um, I got my mini cups, my condiment cups um, from Amazon. Oh yeah. Amazon. And they're two ounce cups. Yeah. Oh, thank you for being. And specific. I still have a bunch of them Yeah. Um, because this summer I, I did what you did Carrie. Um, and then I made very, very detailed labels mm -hmm. to um, tape on the front where it shows exactly what's in there. Um, it looks like a kindergarten classroom. It's awesome. I know. I love it. And this is why I love those shoebox containers because they're clear and you can see what's in them too, which is great. Totally. The ones that I have. So, yes. okay. Enough about so that. What's your next one? Okay. Sorry. Um, pipe cleaners. <laughs> so pipe cleaners I use for a couple of things. Um, one of my simple favorite things is for vocal exploration. So um, with my kindies, and I've done this with first grade, I mean, you could do it with any grade, really. Um, we talk about musical roller coasters and making our voices go up and down like a roller coaster. And so each kid gets a pipe cleaner and they literally, you know, shape it up and then they sing it. Ooh. 
oh, and you know, does it always match exactly what the pipe cleaner's doing? Maybe not. But the point is just to get their voice moving up and down and they really love it. Um, this is where I've also used them rhythmically for long and short short sticks. So I have a set of pipe cleaners, um, one set for every kid, um, and I do this in kinder and then early first grade, where in each baggie they get four long sticks, which is basically one pipe cleaner cut in half is the size of a long stick, and then cut each one of those into two halves, so a quarter of a pop pipe cleaner, and those are the short short sticks. And so in each uh -huh. baggie they have four longs and eight short shorts. And so then with those pipe cleaners they can create different rhythmic patterns. And um, I just have them in four colors in baggies, red, yellow, green, blue. And when I pass them out to the students, I make sure to not put two of the same color next to each other, just so that right. way when they're working, they don't get them mixed up and they they keep their stuff separate from their neighbor. Um, and that's worked really well. So that's a great, that's kind of my last minute prep for Ta and Titi is making sure they understand one long sound or two short sounds. And once and they do that independently, then I know they're ready for me to present Ta and Titi. Can I ask you something about that? Yeah. Um, just about the pipe cleaners, when you use them for rhythm and you give them in those different lengths, uh -huh. do they try to um, bend them all up? Nope, because I tell them not to. <laughs> okay. And I mean, they're not perfectly straight, but I have had the same set for probably 12 years and they're not bad. And actually some of the kids are more obsessive than me. They start, to, like if they have gotten a little bit crinkly in the bag, they start to like straighten them out for me. It's like, it's okay. As long as I can tell there's two, you know, on the thing. Um, so no, I'm not, I'm not too crazy about it. And, um, you know, if I see a kid who does start to bend them, I just politely remind them to be respectful or they don't get to use my stuff. They love love to use this stuff though. I mean, that's the thing. They want to use the stuff and they yes. know that if they're not being respectful, I take it away. Boom. That's it. And they, they don't want that to happen. So, um, I can't think of the last time I've ever had to take away this particular manipulative from any kid because they just want to oh. use it. And something no, about I the fuzziness, just... the fuzziness of it. They love how they're fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's very tactile and, yeah. and, and different. Yeah. Yeah. Next, Tanya. Well, you were talking about vocal exploration um, with the popsicle, or sorry, with the um, pipe cleaners. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk a little bit about puppets, yeah. which I know we've talked in detail about puppets. Like I think we did a Facebook Live talking all about our, our different puppets. We did. But um, I have been collecting puppets for quite a while, like many people do. And it's one of those things that I always buy myself puppets and books they will always travel with me because, right. you know, those are the things that I buy myself. Um, and so what I like about using different puppets is that one of my first puppets that we use in kindergarten is all about vocal exploration, right? I use a cuckoo bird and, and we do kinds of echoing things, but I like puppets for specific songs and also for specific functions. I have a puppet named Igbaduff. And when we get to actually reading lines and spaces on the treble staff, Igabadaf comes out and does a lot of different games. Like we get on the floor staff and um, Igabadaf tells kids which line or space to stand on and that kind of thing. And um, all of these puppets have different personalities <laughs> and they can say things not inappropriate things, but they can say things, you know, that I maybe as the teacher wouldn't say. Right. Right. Um, 
and they're just very useful for all kinds of all kinds of things but what I like is that sometimes the children won't look I think they get a little tired of me but then they'll listen to the wolf right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I know I feel like maybe is it South Park the music teacher with the puppet oh yeah he's just a regular yeah. teacher their classroom teacher oh he's a regular <laughs> teacher oh he's not yes. cool. yeah so I know sometimes I feel like I'm 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 that guy, you know, with the pocket all that. <laughs> but uh, like my wolf, we use for we are dancing in the forest, but also come back home, my little chicks, mm-hmm. right? And it, so sometimes the puppets are involved in chase games. Yeah. Um, the wonderful thing about a puppet with all grade levels is that the child might be self-conscious about singing themselves, but if you give them a puppet, and if I make sure that I am looking at the puppet not the child and asking them to solo it's an aid and those kids will be able to sing through the puppet 100 right? yeah so i mean there's so much more about puppets we could go on i'm kind of trying to not say a lot more because <laughs> well and pace yourself because that does get expensive but they last yes. forever if you treat them well and and your kids treat them well yes they're, they're worth the investment and Folk Manus is, of course, my favorite place for puppets. Yeah. But you yeah. can find them all over the place. Right. Ikea, yeah. Ikea, surprisingly, has decent quality puppets. They don't always have movable mouths. But if you're looking to get some puppets and, and you don't have a lot of money to spend, check out Ikea. Totally. Next yes. Year. And finger puppets are a wonderful thing, too. Because... Totally. Yeah, that's another yeah. good money saver. Yep. All right. Um, I just want to mention foam shapes. I mean, I know you mentioned your giant hearts, but I'm talking more, I don't know, I would say like a four by six kind of size of foam shapes. You see them a lot in craft aisles, especially around the holidays. Um, and I use them for all sorts of different things. So for example, um, stick notation, breaking a song into phrases. So like I have apple foam shapes and guess what? Apple tree. I wrote it out in stick notation with sulfa underneath. And um, I, I don't have enough for every kit to have a set, but they can work in groups of, you know, three or four and they can put together the song in phrase order, just a simple activity. Um, I do a a lot of stick to staff matching games with these so a lot of times the foam shapes will come like for example if there's a set of pumpkins like half of them kind of have like glittery sparkly stuff on them and half of them are plain have you ever noticed they come a lot like that? oh yeah i try to get yeah i try to do the same thing and so that's perfect like that. yeah because mm-hmm. then i might put the stick notation to a song on the plain side and then the staff notation and yes you do have to go in with like fine sharpies and take your time with this but again, these are not things that I have. Every kid has their own set. I might have a couple of sets, or I honestly might just have one, and then I use them a lot in stations. Yes. Um, matching games are a really great thing. And just what I love about it, obviously, with the foam shapes versus you know paper or even um, cardstock, is you know they're just they're thicker, so they're obviously going to hold up better. But then they're just also fun for the kids if they're like fun shapes and fun colors. Um, it's a great way to kind of tie in seasonal things without being like 
beating your over the head with things. So, you know, pumpkins in the fall, reminiscent of Halloween without screaming Halloween, you know. Um, Also, for form, you can have different shapes be represent different things if you're doing activities where students are identifying forms. So lots of different ways to use foam shapes. That's something I look for in the clearance aisle after a holiday because yeah. you can often I'll often find them super cheap and then I'll save them for the next year. And Dollar store is a good place too. Oh, totally. Yeah. But that foam is a little bit thinner and can rip. Ah, yeah. That's I've had success thing. with Target, um, you know, walking on the end caps after <laughs> after a, a holiday. Oftentimes you see them over in like the school supply crafty area in Target over there. So. Yes. All right, Tanya, you get one more. What's it going to be? All right. The final thing I'm going to talk about is tent cards. Mostly I use rhythm tent cards, but of course you could have melodic tent cards and it is just a flash card, but it is folded in half because if you are if you have that tent card in front of you, you can read the rhythm from left to right. And then anyone who is sitting opposite from you can also read the rhythm from left to right. So when you print out these cards, you will see on the top half, the rhythm is upside down and backwards. And on the bottom half of the card, and we're talking um, landscape view, the rhythm is written left to right correctly. I have a set of these. I will give a link to my TPT store. You can make them yourself, of course. I made mine on PowerPoint initially using Music Ed font. Yeah. Right. Awesome. And yeah. you play games like King of the Mountain. You play for games example. like King of the Mountain. Um, I you do it for any kind of rhythm reading. I've used them. What I really like when I use them myself, holding them up in front of kids is that I can track for them or I can hear them reading this rhythm and I don't have to remember what it is. You know, I'm reading it. Right. So that's great. And then I just flip it and put it underneath, you know, the big pile of tents. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Uh, mine are also color coded cool. because um, I kind of like having different colors for each grade level so that when um, a class is about to come in, I can just go, oh yeah, I need the orange ones. Those are the ones that have to take a ticket on them and so on and so forth. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's something I don't have that I would like to invest either time in making them or money in buying yours because ah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a great idea. All right. And what is your final one? Is there one? My last one. I know I've talked about this before. I love my bouncy balls, AKA racket balls, specifically for doing, you know, kind of Del Crozian inspired beat and meter work. Um, this is my go-to activity when I'm teaching first grade about two beat meter, of course, using the song bounce high, bounce low, bounce the ball to Shiloh. We are literally doing that this week in my class we got the bouncy balls out for the first time and oh my gosh they love them so much so you know they're the little they're they're racquetballs they come three in a pack and yes it's a bit of an investment but it felt they last forever and so what we're doing to show two beat meter is we're just going bounce catch bounce catch and then we relate that to strong weak strong weak and conducting and then that becomes bar lines and meter and the whole thing and then as they get older and we learn about different meters we can change the pattern so in 
four uh in second grade excuse me is when i introduced four beat meter so now we're going to change it the beat one is always bouncing on the floor but we might go bounce catch shoulder shoulder where we tap each shoulder for beats three and four so one is always the downbeat literally and then two three and four you're doing something yes. and then obviously three beat meter you can go bounce catch head bounce catch head where you're tapping on your head um and i do you know different song literature obviously so bounce high bounce low is great for two beat meter i love are you sleeping for four beat meter because the echo phrases happen every four beats so that just reinforces the pattern and then my favorite three beat song and i'll put this in the show notes is lavender's blue dilly dilly it's just a lovely little three beat meter song and we can do a bounce catch tap it somewhere in your body so anyways i just got a little wicker basket of these bouncy balls and kids love them and it's just a really great way to do meter activities yeah. And you know what? I want to get a set of racquetball balls because I, my bouncy balls that I use, I got from Oriental Trading a long time ago and they're very cute. They're world balls. They look like a globe. Oh, nice. And you can actually see the continents and everything in there. They're, they're pretty detailed, yeah. but they're smaller. They're the ones that can fit in your palm and you could close your hand over it all, almost all the way. Yeah. And and they they're okay, but they're a little small and I I just always have to remind myself not to just to be patient because of course you have these moments where balls go flying everywhere and kids are crawling <laughs> under instruments to retrieve their bouncy balls. So um yeah. I'd like to have some bigger ones. Tennis balls yeah. I think are good too, but those can go flat and yeah, lose that's what balls. I was going to say. Yeah, I think the tennis balls go flat and they get kind of grimy faster. Yeah. Um, and I think they're just, I like racquetballs better because they're just a tad smaller. They're a great in-between size. And um, the set that I got, I don't know, eight years ago or something are still holding up just fine. So very cool. And now it's time for our no better do better section and Carrie what do you have well I'm going to share a personal story that I, I felt stupid when it happened and I'm going to feel stupid to say it out loud but I'm going to say it anyways because we've maybe we've all been there we've all been there and then we can all go oh yeah okay so um uh, for my musician of the day, specifically for my fifth graders, I decided to do um, Grammy nominees for January, um, wanting to incorporate more, you know, modern pop music, whatever you want to call it, popular music. Um, and also, originally, the Grammys were supposed to be at the end of January. So I thought, great, we'll listen to Grammy nominees. Well, then, of course, the Grammys are postponed. So that kind of didn't work out the way I wanted, but we still did it anyways. And um, one of the musicians I wanted to feature, because he's one of my current favorite musicians and also because I think it's 11 Grammy nominees is John Batiste and um I was like oh great I'm John Batiste he's awesome I'm gonna show them um the the song Freedom which is just a great upbeat fun song and uh, for a split second maybe longer than a split second but enough of a time <laughs> I thought to myself oh wait okay but musician of the day February I definitely want to highlight black musicians for black history month should I save him for black and then like 
as soon as I thought it, I went, no, Carrie, don't be dumb, because obviously there's a million and, and amazing Black musicians that I can talk about in Black History Month, but also any old time. So the point being, and I know we've said it before, but this is a prime example of how sometimes we slip into these weird habits, is we don't need to save musicians for Black History Month. We don't need to save musicians for AAPI Month or for, you know, Hispanic Latino Heritage Month. Um, we can celebrate and should celebrate musicians from all backgrounds all year long and then just give a special extra emphasis and shout out during those, you know, heritage months, whatever they may be. Yes. So guess what? We listened to John Batiste and I know I'm going to still have amazing musicians, obviously, to talk about in February. It's not like it's going to be an issue. Right. Um, but I just wanted to share that moment of thought that I had to myself because it was just that reminder of celebrate all musicians all the time. Yep. Right. Totally. So now it's time for a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And Tanya is going to share something fabulous. Well, this is very tiny. Um, and it has to <laughs> do the best. Yeah. It has to do with moving things around on a screen, on a screen on, on a computer. Um, okay. because we were putting together notes for both CMEA and OAKE, right? And I was yeah, I was fiddling and I was putting um I, I think I was in Google Slides. And I was moving around note heads on a staff I had created. And I was getting really frustrated because the note head was not going exactly into the space. It was like a little bit too high. And then you hit the little arrow and then it's a little bit too low, right? Mm -hmm. So I actually looked this up and I'm sure everybody, if you already know this, then, you know, skip ahead for a minute, in a minute. Um, but you can do micro adjusting if you hold down shift and then use your arrow keys. I didn't know this, Tanya. <laughs> yes. And I know everything. Just <laughs> you know everything. You can go up <laughs> and down and side to side. Um, yeah. So if it's just like, oh my goodness, this is just a smidgen off. And because I was really having this moment, I'm like, ah, oh, why can't I make it? So yeah, I looked it up and yeah, you just hold down shift and you can really get it micro scooting. Do you know if that works on both Mac and PC? I don't know. I know you're a Mac person. I, I, I'm a half and half person. Well, I have a, a PC at school that I, I never create anything on that PC um, because it is, it is clunky. It's the clunker. Um, sure. I can't, I can't, I don't have the kind of time. It's too slow. Right. So I don't okay. know. It would be great to know that. Maybe I should try I it. Will, I'll I'll try it out before we make the show notes and I'll, I'll put a little note in the show notes. Either a disclaimer or a yay, it works everywhere. Yeah, okay. that would be cool. cool. Okay, awesome. Great yeah. tip. And now it's time for our CODA section where we share something we have been enjoying in or out of the music room. Carrie, what have you been listening to, reading, watching, anything? Well, this is going to be an in the music room thing. Oh. I feel like I haven't shared one of those in a while. Um, so um, I like to talk about instruments of the orchestra this time of year, coming back after winter break. It's just a really great 
kind of mini unit to kind of ease our way back in while we're also preparing and practicing other concepts. Anyways, um, I've been looking for, I feel like for some time, just like a really great YouTube video recording of Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra, the Benjamin Britten. But I always want to find one with the narration because I had a, a audio, a, a CD with the narration, and I always enjoyed that playing that for the students, but I really wanted to find a YouTube and I could never find one that was just like just right with the narration and I finally found one and so I'm going to link to it in the show notes Ooh, nice. this particular um rendition is from the Purcell School which is a, a music school in England and um I, I like the narrator in this one she just speaks very clearly and it's very engaging for the students and then um this particular concert where they did this was a concert where they were honoring the memory of someone i'm assuming they were a faculty member or somebody at the school i don't know but um it's it's a combination of current students at the school plus alumni so you also have kids now they're older kids they're teens but still um it's kind of fun to see like a multi-generational thing going on too um within the performance so anyways it's just a really great clear great visuals great audio and i will link to it in the show notes and so if you want to do young person's guide to the orchestra you'll have that same link very nice yeah. How about you, Tanya? Well, I was not going to talk about something inside of the music room. Well, that's fine. Um, we already talked about a lot of things. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. So I have been um, watching Station Eleven, which is a mini series on HBO Max. Um, so I think I have mentioned, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Station Eleven, the book, the novel, I've mentioned in a prior podcast once upon a time right yes maybe yeah. so yeah. oh yeah yes. yeah I'm sure you have I know I've heard you talk about it well a yes times. I would say that in the past few years this is probably I mean I I read a, a somewhat I'd like to read more um but I would say that station 11 is probably one of my top three all-time favorite books wow. so I would first say read the novel because it's really good now it does have to do with the pandemic which kind of kicks right. off the whole, that's the whole framing, that's the world we're in for this novel. So if you're feeling sensitive about that, and I understand, of course, um, but for some reason, it, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, it's wonderful, wonderful book. The miniseries is not the same. It has the same oh. premise. It has a, several of the same plot points, the same characters, but they've really done different things. So okay. right from the very first episode, and I don't know, maybe there's eight or 10 episodes. I've only seen, I think the first five, but um, right from the get-go, characters are traveling down different arcs than what's happening in the novel, but it's still really good. So okay. um, yeah, I've been enjoying that. It's not something that my husband and I, we've been watching it, We've maybe watched two in a row, but any more than that would just be, I mean, they're hour long shows too, but um, yeah. yeah, it's good for, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's, it's very well done. I'm enjoying it. It's not the book, but it's still worthwhile. Cool. And what, what is that stream on or what channel? Uh, or HBO, whatever? HBO max. Uh, okay. I know. Okay hbo but no i i've heard people talking about this one they've been talking about it on my favorite murder actually really? and i've been thinking of you every time they talk about it but i've made a mental note to myself that no i'm gonna read the book first 
and then I, then I maybe by then I'll have HBO and I can watch it. Yes. And now if you haven't read the book, you could still enjoy both separately very well and not be too spoiled. I mean, it goes back and forth in, in the timeline, both the book and the miniseries. So you see a lot of here is pre-pandemic, here is post-pandemic, which is kind of how my brain is lately anyway, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. As And we always appreciate folks buying us a coffee, so look for that link on our show notes and our Facebook page. In our next episode, our topic will be why Kodai. Until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie wishing you happy musicking. Music.